So good morning. Uh, we inadvertently uh, forgot an, a school, and we don't want to leave out Miss Molly. I don't know what the mascot of Seminole is. The the Seminole Indians, of course it is. And so we don't we we want to make sure as you're praying this week for all the kids uh, and the teachers that are going to be going back include Seminole Noel. Uh, into your prayers for for Molly who, who's uh, over there working with those kids. Kip, where are you, buddy? Are you up here? Can you give me a hand? Uh, we're gonna do something. I just need your help. What I want you to do is I have a a, a little scooter here. This belonged to all my kids. It got uh, handed down, and of course Gracie, the G, she got that. She's the last one. So here's the deal. What I want you to do is I want you to ride this scooter from here over to the other side by the hooks okay so there's just a few simple things you need to remember one both wheels have to stay on the ground at all times two you always have to have a foot now i'm goofy footed so my right foot's up there i don't know if you want your left but you have to have a foot on there at all times and then i just want you to kind of start heading that way you'll do that you just just kind of kind of go that, um. Now remember, it's not a race. You don't. Have, you're the only one going. So just, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a little room. If you're gonna run into something, you can scoot it over a little bit. But you work on that for a little bit. I'll, I'll come check on you in a minute. Make sure you're okay. We may need to have some water bottles ready because it's going to take him a while to get there. So about a year, a little over a year ago, the youth group decided they were going to go on a trip to Six Flags. And we uh, joined in with them. My family went there. We're, we're from Arlington, so we kind of got to be a part of that big day. Uh, and so our whole family went there and joined them. We, we ended up at Six Flags. And uh, you're just not making a whole lot of progress. And so while we were there, um, we, all the kids went off in different directions. At one point, we were all kind of sitting around trying to figure out who's where and, and where everybody was gone. And, and uh, Wyatt walks up and Harrison walks up and they have this the big smile on their face. And we're like, where were you guys? And they're like, oh man, it was crazy. You wouldn't believe what happened. And they started to weave this, this tale of, of Wyatt being on a, a roller coaster with Harrison. And at some point, Wyatt got sick. Uh, and as a result of that, um, there was a cleanup that had to take place. Uh, and the workers, because, you know, they, they were saying it had been around COVID time, that, that, they, that they would not uh, mess with any of that. And so instead, they made Harrison clean it up. And so we were like, I cannot, I can't believe this. And Jennifer's like, I, I can't, I can't believe this either. And we just, they laughed and talked about it more and more again, and we felt terrible. Here we were, I'm going to have to, here, let me, let me do this right here. It looks like you're struggling, so I'm just going to, I hate to do this, but I mean, I just don't want you to get hurt. So if you just come back over here, I'm, I don't think you're aiming. That might have been the problem. Okay, I got you aimed right now. Try that again. Okay, okay, no rush, no rush. 
And so they tell us this story, and we feel terrible. I mean, here we have Wyatt got sick. Harrison had to clean up. This is the worst thing ever. And so finally, uh, we ended up that evening, we went out to eat, and we're like, Jeffrey and I were talking like, we have to do something really special for Harrison. So we bought him dinner and got him a dessert and just said, oh man, that is, that we feel so bad. Well, fast forward a few weeks later. And then we learn that it was all just a big joke. None of that had happened. They were in line at a, a ride. It took too long, and they thought they'd make up this elaborate. Wyatt thought he would make up this elaborate story. And he got Harrison involved in this story. And we thought, that's so funny. And so I decided to do what any good, normal would, person would do. I leaned right into that story and and I would wait until just the right time and I would go up to Harrison I was like Harrison I cannot like I cannot believe you did that for a while you're just the most amazing kid ever several months later we were on our way to school and I would pick up he, he and Hunter and Lily and we'd go to school and I bought him donuts a, a big thing I said I said remember the time that you took care of of Wyatt for us I feel so terrible and you could just see the look on his face was just crushing it was just killing him that he had you're I, I, here let me you're struggling again I think what the problem is I didn't have you lined up I'm, it's my fault if I just put you in the right place hang on hang on I see the books right over there I'm gonna line them up that's perfect. That should do it right there. Okay. So I just kept doing it. And then about two months ago, I mean, every time I, I found the perfect time, he was standing there, Harrison was standing there with some of the people, and Harlene Jarrett was right there. And you know Har Harlene is. She is just so fun-loving and animated. I went and told that story, and she could. she just started gushing. She literally ran and jumped into his arms and hugged him and said, you are the nicest, kindest boy ever. I can't believe that you would clean up after Wyatt. And I'm like, hey, we've been doing our whole lives. Come on, where's the love here? But right, and we just kept doing it. And the great thing was, is every time I brought it up, he cringed more and more because he knew it wasn't true. But also, every time that I brought it up, it made it even harder for him to say, okay, the joke's up, I really didn't do it. He got stuck in it, and so for the last year and a half, I've been walking around the house giggling, thinking about the next time that I'm going to tell Harrison about this. So I want everybody to know that if you're ever at Six Flags and you want to ride a roller coaster, but you're afraid you're going to get sick, take Harrison with you. Because even if he hasn't done it, he's gotten all the accolades of doing it. And so it will be perfect. Okay. You're doing great. You're doing great. Just keep it up. Except the problem. Oh, I, nope. Nope. I saw that. Did y'all see that? I saw that. You, it went up off the ground. You can't, it can't go off the ground. Okay. The, your sister just heckled you. This is a Sunday. We're in a church building, people. He's getting heckled. I just asked him, remember, you're focused on getting over there. The hooks are getting tired. Everybody's getting dizzy. I'm going to have to get an IV for this kid. He was a long ways away from home. 
He was far from his family. He was in a foreign land learning a foreign language until his former boss had him thrown into prison. Well, I guess the question we all want to know is how did Well, it seems logical how he got there because we read in Genesis 39, verse 20, Potiphar took Joseph and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. Okay, so, well, that really explains how Joseph got in prison, but how did he get so far from home? Let's back up a few more chapters. Jacob said to Joseph, As you know, your brothers are grazing the flocks near Shechem. Come, I'm going to send you to them. Very well, Joseph replied. But his brothers saw him in a distance, and before he, you know where to go, buddy. Before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. Come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of the cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the ornate robe he was wearing, and they took him and threw him into the cistern. The cistern was empty. There was no water in it. Judah said to his brothers, what will we gain if we kill our brothers and cover up his blood? Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay hands on him. After all, he is our brother, our flesh and blood. The brothers agreed. So when the Midianite merchants came by, his brothers pulled Joseph up out of the cistern and sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites who took him off to Egypt. So there you have it. Joseph ends up in prison, but he ends up in prison in Egypt because he had brothers who threw him down into a well and sold him off as a slave. But why did his brothers hate him so much that they would discuss killing him and then decide that they're just going to sell him as a slave. We have to go back a little more. Now, Jacob's father loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age, and he made an ornate robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Just so close. Hey, just a thought here. So your leg doesn't cramp. You may need to switch and try pedaling with. I, I, no, it's your deal. I don't want to. I don't want to get in the way. Okay, so this is family systems theory right here. I don't know if you're familiar with this idea. Dr. Bowen came up with this years and years ago. But, but one of the, the rules, the laws to family systems theory is imagine, if you will, if you have a scale and on one side you have a weight and so on the other side you have another weight or maybe like a seesaw where you have some weight here and some weight here. The further one person in a family scoots to one side, the further somebody or maybe even the rest of the family will scoot to the other side, right? 
This happens in families all the time. If there's somebody in the family who likes to talk a lot, then you're going to have somebody in the family who says, okay, I'm probably not going to talk quite as much. If you have somebody who's crazy and they like to spend a lot of money, usually, hopefully, right, Dave Ramsey will say, you're going to have somebody who's going to scoot and say, okay, I'm going to try to save the money. And in this case... We have Jacob loves his son Joseph so much that according to family systems theory and what plays out here is the brother says, well, if he's going to get extra love, what are we going to do? We're going to give him extra hate. And that's exactly what they did. They hated him more. Joseph's dad loved Joseph more than any other sons. And so Joseph's brother, are you getting in his way, Brett? Let him do Seriously, does he do this when you're trying to lead singing? Come on, give him room. For those of you who can't see what's going on here, I am so sorry, you're missing out. But, you know, we'll have a report from the emergency room in a little bit, and you'll know all about it. Joseph's dad loved Joseph more than his other sons, and so Joseph's brothers hated him more than anyone else. They decided to fake his death, lie to their dad, sell him as a slave, where he would go down to Egypt, down to servitude, and ultimately down into prison. But what if I told you that Joseph's pathway to prison began before a a colorful coat and a doting father? What if I told you his prison sentence was written at least in pencil before Joseph was even born? Let's continue reading right to left and bottom to top as we back up to Genesis chapter 25. When the time came for Rebekah to give birth, there were twin boys in her room, in her womb. The first uh, to come out was red, and his whole body was like a hairy garment. So they named him Esau. After this, his brother came out with his hands grasping Esau's heel. So he was named, anybody know? Jacob. Okay, so maybe we're getting a connection here. Isaac was 60 years old when Rebekah gave birth to them. Genesis 25, 24 through 25. So I know that it's a bit outrageous for me to claim that a tussle between his dad and his uncle in the womb could have something to do with Joseph's incarceration. Some might think that I'm brazen or even irresponsible to suggest that his prison time had to do with something that happened before he was born. Well, you can ease up on the name calling because I'm not done. But yes, I am suggesting just that. Before the brothers each spent their own two shekels of silver. Before Joseph was thrown into a well. Before Joseph dreamed dreams. Before Joseph was born to Rachel. Before Joseph's ten older brothers were born to Leah, Bilhah, and Zilpah. That's crazy story altogether. Before all of that, Joseph was headed to prison. Joseph started towards the slammer before Joseph's parents met and married. 
before Jacob left or, or fled from home, before Jacob stole his brother Esau's blessings, Joseph was pointed towards the pen. When Jacob was a young man, we still with me here? You're doing great. Uh oh. Oh, don't no no. Don't lift. Don't lift up. Oh, now you're going backwards. No. Oh, if you run over the Mevo, you're in trouble. You're doing good. Okay. So anyway, after the whoa, watch out here. Don't don't get me. When Jacob was a young man, Jacob's grandparents had an emotion that led to a thought, that turned into a decision, that led to a sin, that would begin to cause a crack in the family that would ultimately lead to their grandson landing in prison. Fourteen chapters, three generations, and over one century earlier, we read this. Isaac was 60 years old when Rebekah gave birth to them. Isaac, who had a taste for wild game, loved Esau. But Rebekah loved Jacob. Over a hundred years before Joseph was sold as a slave and thrown into prison, his grandfather and grandmother turned one degree away from sinner and went off their mark. Let's go back to Kit for just a second. Are you doing okay, buddy? You really have been doing fantastic. I'm sorry. You're like, here, let's stop right here. You're, you're dripping with sweat nearly. You're doing a fantastic job. Can you tell me what the problem is? What's wrong with the wheel? It rolls just fine. It goes in circles. So this is a, um, a, a, what do we call these things again? Thank you. A razor that belonged to my kids, and I slightly modified it before this morning. Yeah, I did. I'm, I'm evil. I'm mean. This is going to go down with locking my kid in a freezer. I know this. I hope, I hope that for the next 10 years, you cannot get out of your mind. Poor little Kip trying to do what his mean preacher asked him to do on a Sunday morning. And I rigged it. I took this, and you can't hardly tell, but I turned the wheel ever so slightly and then just ran a screw right through here so it couldn't move. Now, I want you to think about this, okay? I want you, we're going to do this really slowly. Right now, you are pointed to the the beautiful hooks family they're over there waiting for you Derek is like would you just get over here so here's what you, I want you to get back on it now are you pointed right at the hooks okay now I want you to just do one little push okay stop whoa whoa, whoa. let's go back a little you uh, okay okay so are you pointed at the hooks now well you kind of you're pointed there okay Okay, I see where, where you're pointing. It looks like you're, you're headed towards uh, Rebecca back there. Okay, so, but you're still pretty close. I mean, you're in the, you're getting closer there, right? Okay, now I want you to take another little push. Okay, stop. Now where are you pointed? Yeah, you're pointed to your family. 
great family. You'll get to go home with them later on today. But your goal is to be over there. Now, will you do another little push? Okay, stop. Now, where are you pointed now? Well, now you're pointed to the wrong Derek. Derek over there, not this Derek. You're getting confused now. Okay, so why don't you do one more little push? Okay. You notice now he's pointing toward the evil Mr. Harrison. Right? You see where you're going with this? He's only on. The wheel is turned just this little bitty bit. Okay, now I'm going to ask you a tough question. Okay, so you've been doing all this work. Let's, let's talk uh, geometry for just a second. How many degrees are in a circle? How many? Look at that, 360. Okay, this is something that's really interesting. I'll take over. You get to watch this. Now, I hope I don't fall. This is off just a few degrees, right? It's 360 degrees all the way around. If you think, if you're looking at a clock, right, there's, there's 60 seconds in there. And so each second represents how many degrees? Somebody want to tell me? Six degrees, right? And so you think about it, if you were looking at a clock and it's straight up and it moves one second, that's six degrees. That's hardly noticeable. And that's probably about what this is, maybe about six degrees. It seems like I'm kind of headed that way. They're waiting for me, and I'm going to take a push. And one little push, guess what? I'm already off track. But here's the problem. Once you've started going off track, I'm already six degrees off, right? But when I make another push, I'm even more. It's exponentially. It grows and grows and grows. But here's the thing that I really want you to think about. It all starts way back here when you're just a little bit off. Now, folks, this is something where it gets really tough. But I want you to know this. The decisions that we make now drastically affect us and our spouse and our children and our grandchildren. I'm not saying that Joseph was sentenced to prison the moment that, that his grandparents started showing favoritism. But I want you to know it started right there, that little bitty bit. Because guess what? Remember Isaac, right? Remember who? Uh, remember what his problem was? He showed favoritism, and he had a son. His son name was. They had Jacob and Esau. What was the problem that Jacob had? What was one of his faults as a parent? He showed favoritism. He grew up in a dysfunctional family. Where it was, where the favoritism was so awful that the parents conspired against each other to show favoritism to the child that they liked the best. So much so that Jacob ended up stealing his brother's birthright, running away, and really having a lot of issues with his brother. He's going to get married. And that whole Laban situation is another story. But guess what happens to him? He's going to join right into that favoritism. That favoritism is going to lead down to his favorite son, Joseph. Who Joseph is going to be hated. 
because he's shown favoritism from his dad who buys him the coat of many colors. And his brothers want to kill him because daddy loves him so much. And daddy struggles with favoritism because he grew up with a mom who really loved him and a dad who really loved his brother. And that plugged him his whole life. I'm not saying that Joseph didn't have opportunities to make good decisions. But I'm telling you, the decisions that, that his grandparents made as they were raising toddlers affected their kids, that affected their kids, that Joseph in jail. Now, before we go any, th any further, more than any other time, I want to give our helper a hand. Kip, you did fantastic. You can, you can go ahead and have a seat. Actually, no, no come up here, bud. This is just for you, because I, I want, hey, will you, uh, before you go sit down, will you take a ride to the hooks? Because I know they just, everybody wants to see, wow, you're struggling now, there you go. <laughs> he doesn't know what to do, he's so used to leaning into that. All right, very good, Kip. You can just, well, you can just roll on back over here. That, that would be another story for another day of getting there then turning back around. I just want to encourage you. We've talked a lot the last several months about these small things. And we've encouraged you to do some little small things in your life. We're not saying that you, you, you know, become a monk and that you memorize the, the Hebrew Bible. We're not asking you to give everything that you have and uh, sell what you have and give it to the poor and, and follow Jesus. That, that may be the call for some of you. But, but right now we're saying just, just grow a little bit in your spiritual life. Walk a little bit closer to God. What I want to remind all of us is that sometimes we need to start new habits and begin more healthy ways of going towards God. But some of us, we need to stop doing some things that are leading us in a direction that doesn't glorify God. And I'm not talking to a group of hardened criminals. Like I, I get opportunities to go speak in prisons, and I, I know what it's like being there with some of those guys. I, I'm dealing with some people who are just really good people, but sometimes you get one degree off, and you, you get away from your goal, and the more you push, the more you turn around, and you're just never going to make it. God looks and he is heartbroken. This is not a God who's angry, who says, oh, you're the worst person ever. He says, he says, you know, you just, you need to submit yourselves to me. You need to resist the devil and he will flee from you. You need to come near to me and I will come near to you. And he's going to say, he says, you need to Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify you heart, purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter into mourning and turn your joy into gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and He will lift you up. And the, the greatest part of this is, is this happens right now 
God says, I will loosen that that bolt that is as you turning in a circle. You just head towards me and I will head towards you. My grace covers the circles, the mistakes, the struggles, the brokenness, the divorce, failures. I will cover all of that. Just come towards me. And so for those of you who say, I'm ready to start a new year with school being up and we're getting into this routine, I want to encourage you to look to Jesus and say, how can I aim towards Him this year? I want to continue this conversation in just a few minutes in our, our Bible class. I want you to be thinking about the different ways in which we can get focused towards God and just make it all the way across as we glorify him this morning but right now we're going to praise him in a little different way we're going to do that in a song uh, of invitation and so we're inviting any one of you who says you know what i'm tired of being in a circle my whole life i i want to follow jesus and i need help with that we want you to know that we're we're a group of people who have been stuck in that circle and that we will pray with you and for you and we will cheer you on as you grow closer to God each day. Please join us this morning as we stand and sing.